Hello and welcome to the PopBreak.com's official Oscars podcast, hosted by Marissa Carpico and Matt Taylor. This is Matt Taylor, podcaster at The Pop Break. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Marissa Carpico. Say hi, Marissa. Hello. And uh, this is the Too Early Oscar podcast, which is right on time, because these are our mini category episodes. And um, uh, this particular episode is Song and Score. really interesting weird category we're going to make you wait till the end of the episode to listen to us talk about miss diane warren's latest uh (laughs) cinematic war crime um so we will we will instead start with best original score uh the nominees are uh volker bertelman for all quiet on the western front justin hurwitz for babylon carter burwell for the banshees of inna sharon stone lux for everything everywhere all at once and John Williams with the Fablemans. Uh, we're just going to go down the list. Uh, Marissa, are we going to say the same thing we've said about All Quiet on the Western Front a million times uh, once pretty, again? Pretty much. I mean, yeah. I couldn't even, if you held a gun to my head and asked me to identify the score, you'd just have to kill me. I mean, the funny thing is, I watched this more recently than you did because, like, you saw it in theaters, if I remember correctly, and I... Uh, watched it like two weeks ago while battling food poisoning and um uh it like when the score kicked in the first time i was like it was like a very menacing synth uh note uh like just like playing over one of the battles oh actually you're right and it's got this sort of electronic feel that felt very anachronistic yeah and the first time it happened i was like Ooh, I'm gonna like the score, but then it's that same fucking note over and over again, and I was like, "No, like this is being drilled into my head." And um, yeah, I don't know. If there wasn't other really great scores that were sub this year, I wouldn't care. But I am just like, I'm like, oh my god, like what ha- what happened? What did Netflix do? Like where they got this movie so many nominations? It's crazy. Uh, yeah, that's right. You know, it's got that rumbling score that's supposed to feel like, I'm sure it's supposed to be the sort of this like oral um, representation of the cogs of war turning in the background or whatever. But I don't know. I rolled my eyes at it a lot, I think. Because I, I think you're right. I remember being like, I have to think through COVID fog <laughs> to, yeah. to remember because I got COVID right after seeing it um, pretty much. But like, yeah, I, I remember being like, oh, this is kind of an interesting choice. Okay, I'm I'm down with this. Let's see where it goes. And then it lit, you're right, it went nowhere. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I was very excited. I love a good synth score, but not a good choice here. Um, mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about Mr. Justin Hurwitz, Babylon. Uh, what are your thoughts on this score? Uh, you know, people love it. I, I think I was just held hostage by the film for so long that like you know I couldn't even like be impressed by it uh it's you know it's interesting it's creative there's a sort of abrasive quality to it there's an old-timey quality to it that occasionally felt a little like overdone but like I don't know it's not one I'd like listen to again it's probably very impressive in terms of its actual like musicality and the structure of it but like on some level I do think the um 
like scores that stick out in my head for years and years and years are ones that I think have listenable, like repeat listening value. And like, they don't have to be like nice sounding necessarily. If they're strange, then that's fine. But like, this one was like strange in a way that I found like not, uh, that didn't spark joy, let's say. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised by how much love this score has. And I like this movie more than you, but it is like, my main thing watching it was like, there are some moments where I feel like he's full on playing the hits from La La Land again, but on like a more bombastic level. Yeah. I was like, I was like, you know, this sounds awfully familiar. And, you know, obviously many composers will like, you know, there's their music sounds similar over time, but I was just like, this is hitting it's it shouldn't remind me this much like much of La La Land. If it like if I'm like I yeah. can, it's one thing to be like, oh, this sounds like a classic Justin Hurwitz piece. But instead I was like, this sounds just like this particular moment from La La Land score. And it was uh distracting took me out of the moment. It is technically impressive, like you said. Like I think like there are some very impressively written moments. Um but yeah, I don't know. I was just like I was like, it feels like such a lazy nomination in a year with a lot of really interesting scores. So I don't know. I, I that maybe I'm judging it on a curve that way, but that was my main takeaway when they announced it. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't get the wrong take, honestly, because it, yeah, it does sound too similar to Torch. You know what? I often balk at like when people um, bitch about that about a uh, like, oh, it sounds all the same. It's like, well, people have themes, whatever. Like. Bernard Herman scores he repeats shit all the time who cares they're all great like whatever it just feels like you know often there that can come from from a place of people just don't understand they're not like really listening to music that much I guess yeah yeah (laughs) um but yeah like no I think you're right it does sound I I played the shit out of that La La Land score slash soundtrack and like it there are a lot of moments that feels a little too close it's like like, I know we're still working in this Hollywood myth-making space, but maybe, like, I don't know. It's 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 not different enough to really be noticed uh, or yeah. praised. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about Banshees of Inishan with Carter Burwell. And it's funny, um, while I was in that theater watching Banshees of Inishan, I remember thinking every time there was music, I was like, this is a damn good score. I really... Loved this score. I was really impressed by it. Uh, Carter Burwell's done some really good work in the past. In Twilight. Uh, at, I mean, yeah, of course. <laughs> that's what we're all thinking. But um, I, I think this is a great score. I would really, really love if it won. Like, not to get ahead of ourselves, it's my favorite of these five. Uh, where I, I think it's a great score. And, like, a, a really good movie where it's a weird sort of tone and the music helps it all come together pretty well. So uh, what are your, you're cooler on the movie than me. What are, what are your thoughts on the score? Yeah, I, I confess that I, I didn't really like a lot of scores this year. Like, I, nothing, I mean, I've literally had a, an article on the, the, the site that's just like, here are five scores you didn't see or like didn't notice <laughs> <laughs> that nobody else listened to that should have been nominated or something, right? But like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this one was fine to me. I, it's got a sort of, uh, there's just there's a cheeky quality to it because the film itself is like a little um playfully dark comedy right um mm-hmm. but there's also like an underlying danger to it i think in the score that like um because there is something sinister at work in in, in a Sheeran, as it were and this like feud that's going on between these two former friends 
Um, I'm not sure I would ever be able to identify it if it like, again, if I had to pick it out of a lineup, I don't know if I could do that, but um, yeah, it's not a bad score. I, I think it's a decent, um, I like Burwell a lot, you know, I, I played mm. the shit out of those, those Twilight scores. So like, <laughs> I to see him in a prestige place. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, we love when Twilight people <laughs> break big. Um, we do. Uh, one of the surprise nominees was Everything Edward won, which um, I admit, it is it is sort of funny. I have no beef with any of this film getting nominations being beloved. Watching it again after the nominations where I was curious about uh, how the score would be, I, I was sort of like, this feels kind of random that this got in here, but um, <laughs> like I don't love the score. It's not bad, though. I think it's fine. Um, to repeat myself again, not one of my favorites, but uh, a score that I think is certainly, you know, would not make my five, but not bad, so to speak. What, what do you think, Marissa? Yeah, again, like, I, I really was cool on scores this year. So, like, I don't remember this one. I listened to it before while prepping for recording, obviously, a little bit. I was like, actually, this is kind of cool, I guess. But, um, yeah, like, I just think it speaks to a lot of these nominees in this category really speak to how weak the music scape was this year, frankly. Mm -hmm. It's solid, though. Yeah. And then, lastly, the Fablemans. Um, you want to talk about this one? Yeah, solid work. Um, again, I don't know. I mean, it just feels like John Williams did something, so it's like, of course, right? But it is good. Uh, I don't think it's bad. I think there's some really fun moments in it. Like, you know, there are moments when he has to, like, uh, sort of self-consciously make a movie score because he's scoring... A, a child's film basically mm -hmm. so like you know with the beach the slow-mo beach running and stuff and like how triumphant that is that's right well i guess that's um that is like a piece of written music already so never mind i guess that doesn't that doesn't count um but yeah i don't know i mean it's there are times when it has to be like um sort of self-conscious and it works but like i, I don't know again like sure I, i'm not going to argue with a fableman's um uh nomination i guess Sure, it's Williams. Like, what am I going to say? No, fine, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I think it's good. Um, I like it quite a bit. I think, um, yeah, it, it really excels when it's like sort of playing on the idea that he's scoring a child's films, uh, a child's film. Uh, I think it really works. There's a great uh, moment, the moment where I guess I'll speak vaguely in case someone hasn't seen it, but like the moment when Michelle Williams is watching that film in the closet. Uh, mm. A very climatic where it is basically entirely reliant on that music, and that is a great, very powerful scene. Uh, so I like the score quite a bit. Uh, I think it's quite good. I I do sort of think it's going to win. Like it feels yeah. like the place to kind of honor the Fablemans, honor John Williams' career. Who I think he called off his retirement, but for a while we thought he was this was his retirement. So like, um, I don't know. I think you know this would be a good place to. This would be a good one to, to bet on winning. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a good call. I mean, it does feel like every time he does a score for the last maybe 10 to 15 years, it's like, oh, is that the last one? <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is cruel. But um, yeah, like, uh, yeah, I think he's probably got a good shot at it just because of the, the name recognition and like, hey, he's done a great uh, career of work. Why not? Yeah, exactly. It's like he's, he's a legend. Let's, like, let's give yeah. it to him. Um, and what is your favorite of these five? Oh, God. Um, shoot. Uh, 
that's that's a, what a what a race for last. Um, <laughs> probably the Williams score. It's the only one I'd probably listen to again. Mm-hmm. That's that's a good pick. Um, yeah. So I'm very curious since you are a score girly. Uh, do you have any alternates for films? I only you... have one. Ooh, I'm very curious. Which one is it? Oh, you know what it's going to be, baby. It's Michael Giacchino for the Batman. Oh, yeah, of course. Duh. I yeah. should have known. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the letterbox review. Uh, to, to much to everyone's chagrin. Um, yeah. I, oh, wait. Yeah, you have to say the line. You have to say <laughs> the line from the review. <laughs> I, I basically said something like, um, I made a joke um, that uh, that I had to redact a word from, let's say, in a previous paragraph, and then the very next paragraph I said, like, speaking of, Michael Giacchino put his whole Giacosi into this this score, because he did. It's so good. Um, you can clearly tell that he loves Danny Elfman's work and the earlier Batman films, because the string section, the way it, like, sort of um, this, like, off uh, off-key, like, sort of descending sound sounds a lot like the Catwoman themes that are in um, uh, Batman Returns. Um, there's the string section is just very cool. Um, there's a real foreboding theatrical sound to it. That's like, this is exactly what I want from a big budget comic book movie that is just remaking seven on some level. And like, there's cool woodwinds, you know, it's such a mood, like all these horns. And then, you know, the, it's it's building this like pot boiler mystery vibe gothic and you know gotham thing that i really enjoy there's good action score moments when there needs to be and like i don't know this is the only one that stood out to me all year to be totally honest but i just like you know every year i think like i think in my in that review i was like oh this is going to be one of the ones i remember this year because i was expecting to be blown away by a lot more scores and I just I just was not uh, and it's the only one that I like you know it's that I'll listen to in t- 20 years no yeah you I didn't think of it but it probably is the best score of 2022 like I gotta say <laughs> it's an excellent score um yeah. my only other alternate that I really want to flag um which is also not a surprise in the same way that the Batman is one of your movies this year uh Nope is one of mine I love the score to yeah. Nope so much um uh, again, similar to Bandage of Sharon, I remember sitting in the movie, you know, the climatic uh, horse chase scene, basically. The music kicks in, and I was like, what a fucking good score. Like, it's just like, what a good piece of music. What a perfectly uh, written piece to go along with this film. Uh, I think the scores for all three of Jordan Peele's films uh, have been particularly good. I think he, like, he he knows how to make music work in a horror or horror adjacent film. And um, uh, yeah, I, I think this is a really good score. As with all of Nope snubs, I feel like I am like, how did this get so many? Like, how did this happen? How did it get so, so many <laughs> categories? But, um, you know, it's fine. As I've said before, like, Hot Girls No Nope is the best movie of 2022. And uh, in 10 years, we will look back and be like, oh, yeah, obviously this one should have been nominated for a bunch of things. Um, yeah, we, it, we like, truly, I think we've said it on another episode, like, whoever is doing our version of, like, um, and the winner still is in, like, 30 years, is going to be like, what the hell happened? Why is this not nominated for, like, anything? I remember when Maholia Dargis and A.O. Scott both included Nope 
in their best movies of the year write up. I but my first thought was like hot girls now. Like it's like Manal Dar just gets it. She always has. That's just the fact. Exactly. It's we know. Um uh, nope so good. Um all right. You, people a long time listeners know I usually really don't like best original song. I think it's sort of a a, a silly <laughs> category. But this year it lets us talk about uh one of the big snubs of the year RRR. It lets us talk about Rihanna and Lady Gaga. Um, and it lets us talk about another truly chaotic Diane Warren film. Uh, so oh. this original song kind of slaps this year. And I rushed through original, original scores so we can devote some time to these. The nominees are Applause from Tell It Like a Woman, Music and Lyrics by Diane Warren. It is a real film. Um, we can't Unfortunately. Yeah, we have seen it. We'll come back to it. Um, Hold My Hand from Top Gun Maverick, music and lyrics by Lady Gaga, and Blood Pop. Lift Me Up from Black, pa- Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, music by Thames, Rihanna, Ryan Coogler, and Ludwig, uh, Ludwig Gorenson, lyrics and lyrics by Thames and Ryan Coogler. Uh, Natsu Natsu from RRR, music by, uh, I might butcher this name and I apologize, M.M. Kir- Kiravani. Lyrics by Chandra, Chandra Bose. Uh, and finally, This is a Life from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Music by Ryan Lott, David Byrne, and Mitski. Lyrics by Ryan Lott and David Byrne. Uh, let's just start with This is a Life because uh, it's the one that will probably fangirl about the least. But um, that's no disrespect to the song itself, which I think is, is a good song. Um, and also, I love David Byrne. Uh, you know, I... I've really been going through since the pandemics, ever since there was the um, American Utopia yeah. uh, release of the, like that that film on HBO Max during the pandemic. I've been going through a bit of a talking heads phase basically for the last three years. Um, uh, I always obviously knew them, but I just really like found myself listening to them again. I love the nomination. Good for him. I, I David Burns great. I'm I'm happy. I get to see him perform it with. Mitski and Stephanie Shu at the Oscars. Cool. I'm excited. It'll be fun. Um, uh, he seems like a very nice man. Uh, he just came out of my Maggie <laughs> Rogers concert a few weeks ago, and uh, he seemed to really, really be a big fan of hers. And I was like, I love that. Um, what do you think of this one? Yeah, like, honestly, like, low-key, maybe the coolest thing in, in this nomination, like, category, because, I don't know, like, just reading, like, the credits, I was like, damn, this is a serve. And it's also a pretty good song. Like, it's sort of sweeping. It's got this big sound, and it's got both of them singing on it um, in a way that, like, you wouldn't expect to work. But, like, you know, back in the day when the Grammys would just pair the most random fucking artists together, together, and it would, like, create, like, a cultural moment, it felt like this is that, but, like, on a chill level. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be a very cool, like, win, actually. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Well, not, no, it's not going to win. I mean, I hope it doesn't win. There's only one I want to win. Um, yeah, there's one, but, there's one that needs to win. Like, there's one that needs to win. Absolutely, that's the right way to put it. But yeah, it's it's quite lovely actually. I'm I'm excited to see it live. Um, let's talk about the. I mean, I assume this is the one that you think needs to win. But let's talk about um, Natsu Natsu from RRR. Do you want to start talking about this one? Yeah, it's absolutely the one I was talking about. But could you imagine if I was like Diane finally deserves it? Give her two. Give her um, two. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it, chaos monster in me was like, oh yeah. Diane Warren should win it. Um, but yeah, Natu Natu is just like the coolest. Like RRR is a 
fucking exciting, thrilling musical. And this is a great song in it. Honestly, you could probably have taken any of the songs from it to be, I mean, maybe there's some like heavy historical ones that maybe wouldn't have made sense. But the way that this is going to blow the roof off of the Kodak Theater or whatever the hell it's called now is, oh, I can't even wait to see it. It's going to be the like TV moment of the year. I swear to God. Um, I can't wait to watch it. It's so fun. And it's like the only nomination that movie got. And it, it would be criminal if it lost. Because like realistically, if you want to talk about RRR as like this like thing that'll impact um, filmmaking, I do think Hollywood is going to take notice of it at some point because mm -hmm. the creativity is just beyond. It's so interesting. And yes, there are problems with it. I'm not denying that. As as a piece of like filmmaking, it is unbelievable how good it is with and the song, the songs are particularly particularly part of why that it works and especially the song. Yeah, it's the sort of thing where there was a brief period where I was like, I bought into the sort of idea that RRR might show up elsewhere in the um, Oscar nominations. Like maybe it might sneak into the picture. Maybe it'll get a director nomination. I was, and then obviously for a while we all thought it would be a great international film nominee, but then India did not submit it. And I was like, I was like, oh my God, like this movie could be such a big moment. And this is the sort of thing where more than just honoring the song, like honor the movie. Like it's like, like it's going to be such a great moment. It's such a great scene. It is such a fun uh, moment in that film, which is filled with fun moments. But, um, uh, I fucking ascended to heaven during that scene because it, it honestly feels like the kind of shit you used to get in classical Hollywood pictures, which we all know I love. And it's just so bright and uplifting and so energetic. It's like, this is why I go to the movies, man. Exactly. It is It is a sort of thing where I was like, this movie is what I've been missing from action movies. I think it's so much fun. I really hope Hollywood takes notice of it. Uh, you know, we're in this sort of, transition period i think where hollywood is kind of like okay the things that were working for years are not working as well anymore what can we do and i'm like yeah notice notice these things like this movie became sort of a mini phenomenon and um i really would like to see it see it win and um i think it will i i have a feeling it's going to i think there is a real passion for it in a way that there are isn't a passion for the other four nominees so i would i hope this happens uh but at the very least, it's going to be a great performance. Um, oh, yeah. They're going to, I mean, seriously, it's going to blow the roof off the place. Because the thing is, if it doesn't win after they do that performance, it'll be so awkward. Yeah. Like, it's going to be weird, but I hope it'll happen. Um, let's talk about, I'm just going to go up the list. Uh, let's talk about Lift Me Up, the uh, Rihanna song from Black Panther. Um, Funny story, when they had, when Kyle Buchanan from the New York Times announced that Rihanna was doing an original song for um, for Black Panther, my boyfriend sent me the tweet, like, as a text message, and I, like, did laps around our apartment because I was just like, oh, my God, like, it's happening. She's back. Like, I can't believe this is going to happen. And I hate to say it, I, I listened to the song once when it dropped, and I was like, oh, okay. It's like, that's it? All right. Um, uh, you know, it is perhaps unfair to hold, you know, a nine-year wait for new music against 
or maybe not nine years, maybe eight years. I don't know. Time's a blur. Too long, I'll say, for a new, like a too long of a wait for new music against this one song. But um, it's fine. Like it is, uh, you know, certainly better than at least one of the songs nominated, and um, uh, not a bad nominee. And I'm never going to argue against a Rihanna nomination. But it has been very hard for me to get over that initial feeling of like, oh, like, okay. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong here, but I'm, I'm very curious. We haven't, we've never talked about the song before, so I don't, I don't know what to expect. But um, well, it speaks to the fact that we have not talked about it because any other time <laughs> a pop star does, frankly, anything, we could yeah. talk about it. So That's we true. just like pretended we did not see it because you're right. It really, it's not, it's not her fault. Look at the list of people. She's like barely in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, she didn't write the lyrics. She didn't really write the music that much. And like, technically it's a fucking funeral dirge. What can you do? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, how many funeral dirges, is, dirges can you twerk to? Very few, I think. Like, so I just think like, this is not her bag and that's not her fault. They just, I, her voice sounds great on it. I'll say that. But like, the song has no levels. It is just sad. Yeah, it, that's true. It's it is the sort of thing where I was like, you know, coming off the first Black Panthers album, which was just multiple bops and like a really unbelievable, yeah, really unbelievable. unbelievable, yeah. And it's the sort of thing where I was like, you can't recapture that, I guess. But it, it was a disappointment. They didn't, they didn't even really get close, and um, uh, they didn't even try. No. So, you know, thrilled that we'll see her perform twice in uh, two months, basically, because it's like, oh, wow, she's actually, maybe, maybe she's not done with singing yet. But, um, no. but you know, it is the sort of thing that I was like, I don't know, I feel like this could have been a bit more. It could have been, you know, Rihanna's power ballad moment, but we already got that, I guess. So it's like, you know, we don't, maybe we don't need another power ballad from her. Yeah, Stay is iconic. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, let's talk about the other pop girly in this lineup. Um, I had um, one. It, not yet. Not, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> I know. We, I know. <laughs> first, we got to talk about Miss Lady Gaga. Um, who, you know, last year was giving us uh, It's a Me Gaga on the Oscar um, <laughs> campaigning. And uh, this year, she's a propaganda girly. But um, listen, <sighs> if, if we get her, like, I'm like, I'm like, is she going to sing from a jet? Please let, please let her sing. <laughs> you jet. know what? what? I, I would not be surprised if she sings from zero gravity, baby. They throw yeah. her out. Her and Tom do a duel. She's, they're strapped together. They skydive. She sings the whole time through the helmet. I would not be surprised. <laughs> the two of them are the most extra people in the world. They're the only ones who could do it. I can't believe they haven't worked together yet. I'm like, where it's is crazy. she in? She's already, she's doing, you know, Joker, uh, Joker 2, which is going to be like, you know, she's like, you thought I was crazy with that. Oh, God. She, we, just we wait. I can't, we, I can't even emotionally deal with it yet. If she, like, the only way for her to outdo herself after that is to do a Mission Impossible 10 or whatever, or whatever, Literally. whatever movie Tom, Tom Cruise is going to space in. It's like, like, Gaga will go to space, but... Uh, for hold my hand, what do you what do you think of this one? <laughs> I mean, uh, to be honest, it made part of my like it's in my Spotify Wrapped. It's like I think it's in the top ten actually. Mm -hmm. um, I listened to the, of course it is. <laughs> you know me at this point. Um, 
Oh, actually, it's not in my top 10, but it is in that list somewhere. Okay. Um, yeah, because I listened to it all because like, I don't know, I made like a little small summer playlist that basically just ended up being um, Rihanna songs and my number one, which you know, but I will not speak on this podcast. <laughs> no, we can't put it into the podcast. No, we, we it's too dark. Mystery. It's too dark. Yeah. People can have, as we discussed this, discussed at the time, that, that knowledge is too dark for the humanity. That's why I don't share it. Um, I thought you were but, doing a bit when you first told me the song. I, no, I, I knew you did. Was, yeah, like, that's what it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it made the Spotify rap because like that song was in there and I listened to, so I listened to those same like four songs over and over and over again. It was just like two versions of Break My Soul possibly and then like <laughs> Hold My Hand and the other song. It was dark energy over here. Um, yeah, I really <laughs> like that song. And listen, the video is fucking great. The first time mm-hmm. I saw it, I cried because <laughs> there's that that moment where like a big like booming sound happens because it's on the, the song, but also a plane flies by her really quick. And I was like, God damn, like this is how like when people sing during fireworks at Fourth of July, that's the way they must feel like that moment. Gaga is giving us like red, white and blue realness with this one. It is like I, I am like feeling like the 4th of July listening to it. It is uh, really good, really fun. Her vocals sound great. Um, there's the various points in the movie where they play like the, the chords from it, and I would just, I'm just like saluting the screen whenever it happens. It is, it is, <laughs> exactly! It is, it is great. Um, uh, any other year, like for like, I saw RRR kind of late. Like I saw it um, at the Nighthawk, like over the summer at some point when, you know, yeah. It, like so like there was like a two-month period where hold my hand was out and i was like is it gonna win and i was so excited to see it like i was like i was like what a fun <laughs> win it would be it is giving like it's bringing me back to like and this is purely nostalgia talking but like i grew up on like the era there's no one of the things of like the world and everything where it's like you know, it, when I was four years old and Armageddon was a big movie, I was like, this is real rock music. Don't want to miss a thing. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, it's giving me that where I'm like, yes, we need more melodramatic slow rock songs. And Gaga's giving it to us. And it is, it's so much fun. And any other year, I would be like, it should win. But no, it is um, RRR's year. But yeah, um, it's the only one that it, if it did win, I would be like, that's fine. Yeah. It's sort of like where I'm, I'm never going to object to a Gaga win, but it is, like, it's not its year, but it's okay. Like, I'm just happy, it is. I'm happy to know that Lady Gaga and, Tom, like, Tom Cruise respect one another enough to work together in this capacity, and I hope their relationship continues like this. I, I want more work from the two of them. Agreed. It's officially number 40 on my Spotify wrapped. Yes, hell yeah, I love that. Um... Can't believe what's number one, but we got to see that's a mystery. No, no one will know. Uh, you know, send this. Someone's gonna comments. hack my account yeah. to figure it out. They're gonna be like, No, she was right. <laughs> yeah, like this is dark energy that you know, we, can't, <laughs> we can't know. <laughs> it's gonna unleash like a curse onto America. Truly, um, you're the only person who knows, and and you're you've been haunted by it since. I have. I wake up in a cold sweat thinking about it, <laughs> but um. <laughs> Anyway, um, speaking of waking up in a cold sweat, thinking it's terrifying, <laughs> um, we got to talk about Talent Like a Woman, a movie that went, like, 
So, like, I remember Deadline publishing an article where it's like, like, when this movie was announced, it was announced as, like, a movie that Dying in War is writing a song for. And I remember being like, has it gone to the point where she is just like, let's get five sh- or seven short films edited together and I'll do a song and that's it. That's the movie. And it's like... like and it doesn't really have to do with any of them. I mean, I guess, no. like, the overarching theme is women, but, like, what? <laughs> but, like, not even at the end. Like, that last short film is the oh, animated yeah, right. one. Disembodied cartoons. I was like, girl, what the hell is this? Yeah, like, I'm like, what is going on? Um, for a long time when they announced the nomination, I was like, this movie isn't real. Like, we no. were we were talking because we were like, we have so much to watch to record these episodes. Which is why we recorded them somewhat late this year. And it was like, we were like, has anyone seen this film? We were like messaging each other in a panic. Like, what are we going to do? Like, right, because it, like, it was literally unavailable until very recently before we, we were able to record this. And we were only really able to record it because it finally showed up somewhere. And I wish it hadn't. Yeah, it's like, it, like, it feels, uh, just to explain to people, it is basically, like I was saying, a collection of short films that like all seven are directed by women. And um, they all vaguely connect to the idea of like being a woman but even that feels kind of like a stretch and um as I I, honestly I said it on Letterboxd but it made me embarrassed to be a woman I I felt bad (laughs) I felt bad watching it it starts with one short film um, about where Jennifer Hudson is playing somebody uh, a real person who is in jail and is considering going to like uh like a rehab facility, I believe, and um, it is. Yeah, it's like she she needs to get sober so she can go into transitional housing. Um, yeah. But the framing of it is is rough, and it's it's a bad way to start. And it's really it, there's one good segment in it, and but it's oh, a lot of it is honestly Oscar winning actresses making you wonder if we should rescind their awards. Yeah, Jennifer Hudson is doing such a bad performance in it, where I'm like, oh my god, like what? What's going on here? Marsha Gay Harden, terrible. I forgot whose letterbox movie was, but in real, like, Mar- like Marsha Gay Harden's whole segment basically involves her telling Carla- Cara Delphine she smells. And that's the yeah. whole. Segment. And telling her to take off various pieces of clothing. It's, it's, it's unhinged. It is such a bad movie. Um, so punishingly long. And it mm. really does feel like Diane Warren is like, Threatening the Academy, like I will just keep making worse movies until I finally get a competitive Oscar. There was a headline today I saw where it was like a quote from Diane Warren, like I still want a competitive Oscar, and I'm like, oh that my god, like Diane, like, that is a threat. Like I imagine her saying that <laughs> with a gun to the reporter, like it's like <laughs> she said, I will not be negotiating. I will not take this Lifetime Achievement Award, and and I'm throwing it in the trash. I want the competitive <laughs> Oscar. That's the, this is the thing, is this is, like, if I were in the Academy, I'd be like, please, we have to give it to her. She has to stop. She has to stop. I'm at the point now where I am about to start campaigning for her Amy for Brady song. Because I'm oh, like, for, please, please, at this point. Please, we need to. Like, Even if it means Tom this. Brady gets him an Oscar because he's a producer or whatever, I don't care. Anything it takes at this point. Yeah, it's like we need we need to free ourselves from this madness. It's, it's <laughs> this abusive much. cycle. 
I really thought last year that Mila Kunis, Glenn Close movie uh, was going to be problem. the worst thing we did. Yeah. Every but, year we say Diane can't make it any worse for us. And then she just keeps doing it. It's so thought, awful. Yeah. As I told you, I'm like, I feel like we are two years away from her doing a song for a snuff film. Like, it's like, Honestly. like we like, how much more can we have left? Like, what is she going to make us do? Just like two hours of baby seals being clubbed and whatever song is hers at the credit. It's like, what the? F- it's, it's, she's, she's a sadist. Honestly, at this yeah. point, she's a sadist. And the best thing about the movie, though, for me, the one that sent me over the top was that not only is her song in the credits, it is in the credits twice, two different versions. There's the downbeat, like, serious version, and then there's the dance version. I was screaming. I was actually screaming in my apartment. I was like, I'm losing it. How? Like, this is so nakedly absurd. And, like, what is going on? I couldn't believe it. You know, I don't know which. No- I think the the regular version is nominated, but I, you know, the dance version, I I liked it actually a little bit. But I also was yeah, like, the dance version. Know. I was like, this is kind of catchy. <laughs> it's a bop a little bit. She she's like, I, she wants an award so badly, and I'm like, please, Academy, please, please give it to, to her. It has to stop. Like we can't keep living this way. I just don't know what else she can do. It really is like no. it's like. She wants it so badly, and I—I I don't know. I can't believe. It. But yeah, it is funny. Like they gave oh. her um, and let's have achievement award, and she's like, not good enough. Like, no, I, yeah, she said, I'm absolutely not, not. Yeah, um, she said, right. pop star never stop, never stopping. Yes, exactly, exactly. Oh my god, <laughs> um, I'm happy we were able to finally talk about that. Address film. the situation. Yes, address the situation. <laughs> Um, do you have any other songs that you feel should have been nominated? Oh, of course I do. One okay, of them, <laughs> one I of them I is number you know one of them. You certainly do. Number 16 on the Spotify wrapped Church by Jennifer Lopez from Bury Me. The, oh, yeah. unsung, yeah. the unsung masterpiece of the year. That song is so good. When I first turned to the movie, I was like, bitch, the way this is going to be on my Spotify wrapped. I predicted it. And I didn't even <laughs> yep. try. It just happened. It just happened, right? And that, but that, every time I was reminded of that movie, I was like, oh, shit, I got to listen to church again. And like during Christmas, I was home. I was taking a shower. I come out of the shower. I hear the dulcet tones of church in another room. I go running because I can't miss the end of it. So I run out there and I'm like, Bob, you watching Mary Me? She's like, yeah, I just got it up crying. This seems good. I was like, oh, it's great. So we watched, and then we watched uh, Mary Me together. It was fantastic. I love that song. That song is so good. The blasphemy of it. It's like, she's clearly like doing a sort of like, you know, 20 years ago Madonna thing where it was just like, like, I'm going to go out into a concert and sing a song that is about God, but also blaspheme the whole time. We love that. We love that in this, in this house. And like the damn thing is just so catchy. It's like, it's great. Like, I love that movie more than most, but that song transcended. It should have gotten radio play. It is a really good song. It is really fun. The the power it takes for Jennifer Lopez to release a song like that Mm -hmm. and the movie Marry Me in the year she marries fucking Ben Affleck. Like, it is, it is true. Come on. Like, Whatever demon cursed Diane Warren blessed Jennifer Lopez. Like, it Ooh. is like, like it, that is my version of this world that we're living in. It, um, she, it's so 
fucking iconic. You couldn't have written it better. You would write it in a book. Taylor Jenkins Reid would write it in something, and people would be like, no, too much. We're, we're, we're off that train. <laughs> it's, it's very, it is an incredible number. I remember seeing that movie, I think, last Valentine's Day with yeah. my boyfriend. It was one of the many um, movies that my boyfriend was like, I'm happy you like it. <laughs> and, um, uh, I saw it on the day of last year's Super Bowl to tie it all back together. Hell yeah. And I just, I remember during the church number turning and facing my boyfriend and being like, oh my God, we have to go see her live one day. <laughs> like, <I was> like, <laughs> like, oh my, what is her pop star name in that again? I'm just like, I, I don't even care. remember. Yeah, it's Jennifer Lopez. It's Jennifer Lopez, yeah. What a, what a fun it's movie. It's Lopez is what it yes, is in the movie. Exactly. <laughs> um, one of my two that I want to flag um, I'll leave out the one that I think you're going to eventually mention for a little bit, but um, not a great movie, but uh, the movie White Noise, uh, the, the Noah Baumbach film, um, mm. includes a song by LCD Sound System. Uh, I am looking up the name now because I didn't think to, uh, <laughs> to put it in my uh, notes here for some reason. But um, for those... Seen that film. I mean, you're fine, to be honest, but yeah. um, it ends with, um, this, the song is called New Body Rumba. Um, it ends with a musical number. I mean, I don't know if it's a musical number because they're not singing along like this LCD sound system song is playing, but they're all dancing. And I left the theater being like, not a very good movie, but I think New Obama should direct a musical. And it is really fun. Um, a really good song, really well executed in the film, and um, uh, you know, watch that clip on YouTube, everybody. It's very, it's very good. And I'm not a huge LCD sound system fan, but like, it is, it is good. They're, you know, they're a talented band, even if they are a little too pretentious for my liking. And um, uh, you know, would recommend. Uh, do you have another one you wanted to highlight? Yeah, I only have one other one. It didn't make the Spotify rap, but you know, it was, it came out very late in the year. Um, Fearless Hero from uh, Puss in Boots, Last Wish. Oh, uh, Antonio Banderas and, and Hector Pereira. It's that song that opens it. It's like that was the thing that convinces you that like, oh, this is going to be really fun and enjoyable, is that opening number where Puss is like, you know, explaining his backstory and also being like, aren't I the best? And then he's like beating up a big giant troll or whatever that is. Like, I loved it. What a, what a phenomenal bit of like storytelling and like here's a reminder for, since you haven't seen a shrek movie in 10 years like here's what i do <laughs> here are the hits this is it and then the story flows from there so uh, yeah that's my other one i mean you know realistically in my heart of hearts my my was every track on the movie soundtrack but you know i can't do that <laughs> my one I'm, i thought you would have mentioned this but i'm glad to highlight it um uh, still holding my hand from Matilda the Musical. Um, I, I was very close, but I, I had to shout out Church. Yeah, no, you, Church is the, the song of the year. <laughs> um, um, but, um, uh, you know, we've talked about this before, I'm sure, maybe, maybe offline, who knows, but um, uh, usually I always find the original musical, the original song written for a Broadway musical adaptation stand out so much. And maybe this is because I, I didn't see Matilda on Broadway, but I remember being like, oh, this feels beautiful. It's really nice. It's really well done. Um, uh, blends in really well with the rest of the score. 
Uh, Lashana Lynch's voice is beautiful, I think. Um, I really, and I don't know, I just found myself so uh, wrapped up in the whole story that by the end of it, that final number, I was like, no, I'm fully invested. This is a great movie. And, uh, you know, I th- <laughs> I think it's a better song than most of the songs nominated for the Oscar this year. So I, I would, it would easily make my five. Yeah, that's um, a good call. I mean, you know, they've heard us probably talk about that movie about 10 times now and everything about it is great and yeah you, you know that, she's so good in that number that i was like man they should have had more lashana lynch songs but it's you know she's miss honey it's not like there's a lot of opportunity necessarily yeah she's she's so good i'm like again like we need to get her in a musical also like more musical yeah. i guess but that's everything um we hope we have effectively scared you all from watching Hell like a woman um <laughs> uh and you know, Diane, if you're listening, like, we love you, girl. Like, you're crazy. We love you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we do. Like, come on the pod. We would be happy to. Oh, my. To, please uh, come on the pod. We would be transitioning to a full Diane Warren retrospective podcast if she ever agreed to go on this podcast. Oh, please. But, absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, where can you find more of your work, Marissa? Uh, I'm on thepopwreck.com, writing stuff occasionally, and then everywhere else um, on social media, you can find me at Marissa Carpico. And you can find me uh, on Letterboxd at Matt T, and um, Serialized at Matt Matthew one All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs>